This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. Welcome back to the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. We're excited to bring you part two of our conversation with the great Doug Drexler. The whole gang's here. Mr. Steve Merkin is here leading our conversation again. Adina Mignona is here, science fiction author extraordinaire. Chris, the guy who likes to yell about Star Trek and has a podcast to prove it. And I'm the pastor, Brian Donahue. Hope you guys are having a great week. We're going to jump right back into our conversation with Doug right now. I don't remember what episode it was. We had the Enterprise J. Which was supposed oh, yeah. to be like three no, that's uh, th- that's uh, shockwave, shockwave, shockwave. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, uh, Herman asked me to do the J. I always felt that if you were going that far in the future, the interior of the ship would be dramatically different. Right. You know, I mean, to me, the Enterprise J is like over three miles long, mm-hmm. and that it's like a small town in there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's villages, and you know. Um, People could have any kind of stateroom they want because it's all holographic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyway, when I was doing the J, I realized in order to make something look futuristic, I had to push it in a direction that people would look at and say, "Oh, that's ridiculous," because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if they don't say that, you failed. Mm-hmm. You've got to take it past the point of what they can imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, and the Enterprise came along. I had arguments with people because they looked at those spindly struts that went up to the nacelles. I mean, they're spindly. And mm-hmm. they said, that's, a, that's ridiculous. That could never. Most people are very negative. They look for what's, why it doesn't work, why that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Instead of going, well, which I did was evidently they know something we don't. Mm-hmm. They have that's technology beyond mm-hmm. what we're doing. So to me, that said that they were, much further into the future. So when I did right. a J, I made it enormous. I made mm-hmm. it three miles long, which really is only as tall as the space dock is. Space dock's mm-hmm. about three miles high, you know. Um, I I put I put spindly struts on that thing that were so spindly, mm-hmm. and I knew people were going to say that's ridiculous. You'd knock that nacelle off of there like a soap bubble, and I'm like, yes, that's exactly the reaction <laughs> I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I think it's, what? you know, I, I think doing great. They had an episode with Voyager from the future, which I don't like the way it looks. It's very angular and they had no nacelle struts. And I'm like, oh my God, I think that's my fault. Because <laughs> in the Enterprise J booklet that came with the Eagle Moss model, I told the story about making the struts almost non-existent. I said, who knows? Maybe in the future there won't be struts at all. And I'm like, oh, I think I did that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you and you, and you had them change it on the uh, on the discovery to take it off, and and, and I'm just going to question. Okay, so you designed the J. It's in the future, but we don't see it in Discovery, and I thought that was kind of cruel. I thought that at least in one shot, the J should have been somewhere around. You know, they probably would have fattened up the the struts. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, you're right. They would have fat. They would have gone. Well, that's ridiculous. Fat no struts up. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt at all. I, you know, I, I have not seen an episode of Discovery. 
Um, I kind of oh. made it my business not to watch Star Trek shows that I didn't work on. Interesting. Because I'm so opinionated. Yes. And they mm. so often break the rules that it becomes a, a aggravating for me. Okay. And so I'm like, people ask me what I think of Discovery, and I'm will and I'm able to say, oh, I don't know. Because you I didn't watch it. it. But there have been some stuff that's been sent to me by people and said, look at what they did. And there was an episode. There was a scene in Discovery that shows a turbo lift flying through a giant cavernous area. Oh, right. right. That yes. was a, what? <laughs> so ridiculous. That, that oh, I get it. Yeah. That's science yeah. fiction. You know, <laughs> it's sure. Oh, no, that's that's that, that that's that's Doctor Who. It just doesn't work. It doesn't. That was because it, it looks cool. When you get so, people who are not science fiction fans, never read any science fiction, mm -hmm. you're J.J. Abrams and you say, you know, I never really liked Star Trek. I mean, I saw him on the John Stewart show before the first his first movie came out and he said you know I never really was a Star Trek fan as a kid and I hated it when they got all philosophical and stuff and that was like a stab in my heart because mm -hmm. that's what makes Star Trek that oh it's philosophical I haven't heard that, that hurts to hear that hurts so much I remember that yeah that's why he hired all these Star Trek people to make it because they could make it and it leave him out of the way do you remember yeah. what John Stewart said when JJ hmm. said that, he I said, watched it. I just don't remember you. He said, Go ahead. You know, I think I stopped hearing you when you said you didn't like Star Trek. <laughs> Classic. Awesome. That's what happens when you have people doing science fiction who have no love for it. Mm -hmm. And they, it's their idea of if it's crazy or weird, that's science fiction. Mm -hmm. That's fluffy. Yeah. BS science yeah, fiction. Gene yeah, Roddenberry yeah, never yeah. Elected, never allowed that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so what about Lower Decks? Do you because that's a little oh, bit I love Lower different. Decks. Okay, isn't that great? It's hilarious. Well, well, I love it. That it's clear, clear that they love Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. okay. And they reference stuff from the shows all the time. You know, like this. It's 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 bang bang shotgun fast. The yeah. way they do all the references and stuff, it's hilarious. Yeah, they and made fun of the lens flare. I was, really, I was oh, about yeah. to bring that up. They, yeah. they oh, they're awesome. I, you know, but the funny, the funny thing is, when it first came on and I watched it, the first episode, I was like, "What is this?" Because I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I went back and watched it again, and I realized this is friggin' funny. It's the best. And oh, I just great. watched it continuously. I can't wait for the third season to show up. Yeah, I love what they did. It shows respect. Mm-hmm caring and you know yep. it's obvious that you've got fans behind the scenes so, right? yeah exactly in that same vein okay you're, you're the first person we've talked to that has a connection you know works on picard because so yes it is obvious that the people working on picard love the show are fans everything but the one detail that has been i think gnawing at us is picard and guinan not remembering they met back in the 1880s in oh, Times Arrow. Right. You know something, right. What happened there? Well, I, I know Terry Metalis has answered this online. Okay. I, I didn't, I don't remember what he said and I didn't pay too much attention to it because there's so many crazy reasons why that, I mean, look, first of all, Star Trek is no longer the Star Trek that we once knew. It's a multiverse like Marvel now. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Discovery is not the same universe as Picard. Mm-hmm. Obviously yeah. not the same universe. Oh, it's not. Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay. okay. All right. I, I'll accept that. So I didn't see anyone talk about it online. You know, yeah, you know what? Talk I, about I, it online because there's so much garbage online. Terry actually talks about okay. that. Okay. I will go find that. I, I did the Mark Twain makeup, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I did see that. That was, that's, <laughs> that was incredible. That was such a thrill for me because... Uh, Dick Smith had done a Mark Twain makeup on Hal Holbrook. Oh, wow. Really? He did the makeup for him. That's great. Yeah. And and actually, I had seen Hal perform uh, his Mark Twain on stage Mm -hmm. here and got to go backstage. And because I had known Hal from Hal came to Dick Smith's house one day for doing a it was a uh, life casting of Hal Mm -hmm. for Dick was going to do him as Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I. Uh, Doroth and I got to go backstage and meet Hal as Mark Twain, which was fantastic. Okay, real quick. Okay, since we're talking about Picard, I'm hoping, and you you can't say anything, but I'm hoping we'll see more of the Stargazer in season three. Okay, but here's the thing, and you pointed out (laughs) about the Eagle Moss model of the NX-01 refit sitting with a young Picard playing with it. And you said, da-da-da-da! It's canon because it's in the TV show. So the question is, this was made a long time ago. So you knew, or did you know that that was dropped in the set? No, I didn't know. I didn't know. Really? Till I you did it. not know. No. So you were surprised as the rest of us. Well, the thing was that if it had been the older shows where we were all together in one place in person, okay. I would have known because they would have okay. come to us for a model probably. But because of COVID, a lot of people were working remotely. So I only went up the stage because they're, they're up in Santa Clarita. The mm-hmm. only Star Trek show that was still shooting in Los Angeles. Now that that's done, it'll, there won't be any more here. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I would go up occasionally to see the bridge or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, set dressing did that. And I did not know that they were doing it. So it was a total surprise to me. But to me, it's like, you you know nothing is put there except maybe if you do a mistake like getting a uh, a, uh was a game of Tr- thrones with a starbucks coffee in the that they left on the that set <laughs> it's so, so easy to fix i mean you know they could have done it in post they yeah they should have caught it but didn't but, anybody but, see it you know i know exactly so but to me it's like someone put it there in the in in the in the prop department and hopefully that will mean something because well, it means that they had Starbucks. That was gonna be, huh? They had Starbucks back then, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> or time traveler left it. Yeah. <laughs> but for Picard to have that there, I mean, I think, I'm, I, you know, it's just like it gives credence to what you thought season five or six or seven of Enterprise might have been if they got to that point. You know, would um, they have done the 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 refit? Well, I mean. Manny and I had talked about it. Manny and I had seen it. He really mm-hmm. loved the idea, but we got we were canceled. You know? I know. So I never went yeah. any further. I can't say 100% it would have happened, hmm. but right. it would have been a great idea. Oh, yeah. You know? Or also in the final episode, they could have done it. Well, you know, it's, like it, it's, it's hard to look that far ahead because you have to plan out your scripts before you get to the end of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so they've been written for quite a while. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and you're, uh, and sure, it would have been great, but, you know. <laughs> 
but I'm, I'm very curious when you're talking when you're when you're designing NX01 and you're working in that whole process. What's the thing that kept you up the most at night, or that you would be sound asleep and then you'd wake up and be like, "Oh, geez, this thing." Now I've got to deal with it. Now I can't fall asleep again. Uh, you know, I didn't really have that experience with the NX because we had adequate time mm. to work on it. I had a boss like Herman Zimmerman, who was awesome. And the thing I found when working on Picard was that even though they had more money and they were doing fewer shows, there seemed to be less time for everything that, uh, that we had to hurry up <laughs> and get it done. You know, I mean, um, more time could have been spent on planning out the ships. Uh, the ships end up looking great anyway because you got people like me working on them who know right. the kind of details it ought to have. <laughs> but um, we had more time to do the NX than we did the Stargazer. Okay. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That seems like a cultural, uh, you know, yeah. any industry, I feel like every everyone squeezed for time. You know, do it faster. Oh my gosh. Do it faster. Yeah. yeah. If, even, even in my thing i do as a pastor is just always hurry up to the next thing but yeah doug can i just say it is so awesome to see your passion you're obviously a true trek fan and um it is just really good as a star trek fan to see that passion in you and and see the energy you put into what you love it's just it's it's tangible your passion is tangible sir it's in and my it's... dna you know i uh mm -hmm. it's hard to explain um it, it really uh there's only there are you know fortunately there are people who worked on the show who feel that way you know like mike and denise okuda yeah yeah you know sternbach and you know um star trek has an amazing power Mm -hmm. um, it's just incredible that after all these years, it's still growing. I, I mean, I wish that we had a stronger hand at the top right now so that all the shows could have, uh, uh, th that there would be a stronger continuity so it didn't have mm -hmm. to be a multiverse. You know, I, I've always thought that part of Star Trek's strength was its continuity. Mm -hmm. The first batch of shows we kept very strictly to, we had the encyclopedia, you know, those are things that were followed. I know the writers sometimes were frustrated by the encyclopedia, but they pulled plenty of stories out of it too, you know? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, well, I mean, Picard was an anomaly. We had mm -hmm. Terry and we had Dave who really wanted to try to pull it back, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but most, but a lot of the other shows from what I could see seem to be missing some elements of that. You know, like for instance, the final episode of Picard first season, which I wasn't enthralled with season one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the final too. season, the final episode of the season, they have like 2,000 starships show up at the end. Right. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, what are there, 2,000 <laughs> ships here? Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, do you remember when the Enterprise was the only ship in the quadrant? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even in the and motion also, picture? Like every episode. By Earth? <laughs> well, it's just that the galaxy is so freaking huge you know that one ship is alone pretty much and you're on mm -hmm. your own and you've got crazy stuff happening and you can't mm -hmm. call in 2000 ships mm -hmm. first of all 2000 ships going <laughs> suggests that they're all two seconds away 
right? Mm -hmm. All the same distance away. Yes. At the same time. I mean, you know, but even worse than that was that, and people were sending me pictures of this going, oh my God, look what they did. Every single ship was a rubber stamp. The same damn ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stamp, 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 stamp. And then when the camera floated by them, the deck, the, the plating on the ships looked haphazard yeah. and just like nondescript plating, mm-hmm. which is not Star Trek. All the plates mm-hmm. look like they're, they fit together beautifully and they make a mosaic, mm-hmm. you know, like Aztec. The Aztec stuff. design. Yeah. Unless you're the original series, which has no plating detail, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love that. To me, that's no, interesting. It- it's yeah. yeah clean as can be clean. absolutely when you look yeah. at technology as it advances it gets less detailed not more mm-hmm. that's why i always was like i had so many people saying that the nx looked more futuristic than the original series ship and i'm like no man it, it is not more futuristic it's like an ironclad it's got plates yeah. all over it the original series enterprise is like a marine animal almost mm-hmm. it's sleek and smooth <laughs> And yep. you know, there's no plates, and don't mm-hmm. be adding Aztecing to the original series ship. Are you crazy? <laughs> Why would you want to do that? I, you know, it's like I don't get it. How come they miss that? Now, the other thing that happened, <laughs> Enterprise was the first show that had an internet, and so when I went online and I saw how people had their knives and their oh, stab, God, stab, yes. stab, you know, especially oh, the NX, oh. they were. They were just slicing it into little ribbons mm. and complaining about, you know, we borrowed the pontoon idea from the Akira, mm-hmm. which is a, because we didn't want to have a secondary hull. So how are you going to attach themselves to mm-hmm. the saucer? So we said the pontoons are a great idea. It's like a P-38 lightning during World War II. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and then I t- took so much BS from people about that. Uh, and I'm like, Okay, guys, what you're saying is crazy here because the aesthetic of starships, Federation starships, is that they all borrow from one another. Mm-hmm. They've all got a, they've all got a shuttle bay in the back. They've mm-hmm. all got a couple in the cells with struts. They've all got saucers. They got a bridge on the top, and now you're going to rip this one to shreds because it's got those booms. You know, you're supposed to be able to look at these ships and know they're all related. They're all the same family. So they all borrow from one another and they all borrow from the original enterprise. Every exactly. single one of them. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes you get people who just, and, and the internet is so famous for this, oh. are bringing out the, the bad side of people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who want to fight, who want to insult you, who want to call you names. And it makes them feel it's their problem really they that's how they feel like they're doing something by ripping somebody else you know so years later when we did the stargazer the fans love the stargazer mm-hmm. and the reason why they love the stargazer <laughs> if i had done the stargazer 15 years ago they would have ripped it to shreds yeah but what happened is that they're so starved for a ship that obeys the rules Mm-hmm. That they're tickled and thrilled to death to see it, you know? Well, you know, Doug, about all these uh, people that wrote all the horrible things about Enterprise when it first came out, the song, the, the uniform, the everything. They bitch, yeah, me too. I, me too. And now, years and years later, they're going, boy, you know, I'm watching Enterprise, and 
man, what a great show it is. I absolutely love it. I, I didn't know it could be so good. And so it brings me back to what Stephen Colbert once said on his The Colbert Report, which was just because you have an opinion doesn't make you right. Hey, it's okay to have an opinion, but you should, your, your mommy and daddy should have taught you how to be polite. And, and yeah, be polite. Right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, how come you, you don't understand that? You know, right. and I'll tell you something else. If you are that way in your life, you're going to get nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's okay but, for people's opinions to change too. You could watch something and be course. like, yeah, not mine. And then a few years later, be oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. Well, it's just it. that change. What happens is that we've been through a decade of Star Trek that doesn't necessarily obey the rules anymore mm-hmm. or, or seems ignorant of them, you know? And so that will make you change your mind about Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting way to, yeah. And I always talk about this too. I think the fact that we can watch it on, well, I guess not Netflix anymore because now it's Paramount Plus, but the fact that you can, especially with season three, the fact you can watch episodes one after the other, you get a better experience of the show oh, yeah. as opposed to week to week. I, I, I think, well, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Ahead. I was just going to say, I'm just, I, I love enterprise. And even now I think it's cool where I, I get the sense to with fans when Discovery references Enterprise, people are like, oh my gosh, they reference Enterprise. So we're getting the feels and it's just nice that we're coming around and being like, Enterprise is awesome. Not like the way people thought about it before. The NX has turned up uh, in, in one of the JJ movies, it turned up yeah. as a mm-hmm. model on yes. Admiral's desk. Yeah, yep. that was really Second cool. one. Um, and it also turned up, I think on Discovery in a snowball or something. Yeah, yes, yeah, you're very right. And so I have this theory that the NX somehow is at the center of a temporal thing that changed everything. And that's mm. why it's managed to still be there because it's the focal point of where things went yeah. in a million different directions. That's an interesting theory. In the very first episode of Discovery, this the fourth season, they talk about the Archer dry dock. And then they yes. played Archer's theme while they're pointing it out. So like, okay, they're giving it credence and it's supposed to be a thousand years plus in the future. And they still are looking back at enterprises being Is the discovery a thousand all. years in the future. No, yeah. they're, they're 900 years or something. Season, so season it, three, they jumped. Yeah. yeah. At the beginning of season three. The trouble with going that far in the future is that it has to be so dramatically different. And I bet it isn't that different. Right. So well, it, it, it's, it is. It, I think it people is. People still sit in chairs know. around the bridge. And guess what? Discovery is the only ship in the quadrant that can solve a problem in the whole well, series. No other spaceship. Well, but yeah, if flies. it wasn't for that, it wouldn't be. A, there wouldn't be a show. I mean, you have <laughs> right. to have a show built around, you know, a cast and a and that. If it was Gene Roddenberry, yes, did Discovery nine hundred years in the future. Mm. You better believe that he would have really pushed the boundaries on what you can do and how things mm. might be set up. Mm-hmm. I mean, my idea on the on the Enterprise J was that there'd be a bridge of the day. You know, wow. it's like naval ships, uh, uh, the Navy, where they put people on a, on a square rigger or a sailing ship. You know, you can mm-hmm. go to the bridge and the bridge is going to be the original series bridge today mm. because it's all malleable and holographic. And, and, yeah. you know, well, yeah. they, they do have program that they call it programmable matter. And it's a very interesting thing. But now they took this ship, you know, from 
the original TOS era brought it 900 years in the future and kind of like out retrofitted it and outfitted it. So like I said, this is why I, I kind of can accept a lot of the technology-ish stuff because it's so far in the future and it is kind of like out there. I, it's working for me. Yeah. You know? My issue is I think the programmable matter is cool, but I think when you start looking at the holographic technology, it feels so it's it's weird because when you look at Star Trek, yes, it feels like it's the future for Star Trek, very mm -hmm. different. But when you look at any other sci-fi show, even Iron Man, I feel like you're getting the same things. Like a lot of the holographic stuff you're seeing on the control panels feel like something that Tony Stark came up with. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Marvel has the nanotech. Yeah. You know, where the helmets just go. Nanotech. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And try to do that on the Orville or Star Trek. They won't let you do it. <laughs> well, they did on Discovery. They did the Iron Man like helmet thing on Discovery. I'm yeah, pretty well, sure. I haven't seen Discovery, so I can't. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Don't. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, so don't. I feel your pain. You'll be so upset, Doug. One of don't the, do it. I, one of the things, Doug, that I that I have noticed. We just did a podcast about the music of science fiction, which we talked a lot about Star Trek, which I think is had been blessed with some of the greatest composers uh, working on these films and on the television shows and all that stuff. But um, I am loving Picard season two for one main reason, because I love the, it's got, I just think it's far superior than season one for one thing, I think so. but they are using Jerry Goldsmith's Borg theme oh, throughout yeah. it and paying homage to his first contact Borg theme uh, and it is gorgeous. I mean, there are some themes coming through music wise on this season that I'm going, wait a minute. I heard that in that movie or there, you know, that's because so just, Terry. it's Terry. That's Terry did that. So was wow. he also behind the, we got to talk about the laser, the, the, the gun laser sights through the bushes. I just think that was such a cool, like uh reference. It kind to, of mimics the Borg. Yeah. Lasers. And of course, first contact. I wonder if that yeah. was. Yeah, well, you know, that's, yeah. that's Terry and Dave. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got all the other shows in their head, you know? So are you excited about season three? Well, season, I can't talk too much about season three, except right. to tell you that. Are you excited about it? <laughs> oh yeah, I am. Um, okay. Should we be excited about it? <laughs> yes. I, you know, I have to admit when I first read that after the first couple of shows, they were going back to the earth in you know the 22nd or 21st mm -hmm. century i was like oh <laughs> you know i watched star trek i want to see the spaceships and now we're <laughs> it's almost contemporary los angeles right. i already live here i don't <laughs> I know. care you know but i have to say that the time travel stuff fared much better than i expected from yeah. reading plus i love what's her name who plays the board queen yes I think oh she is awesome and She's while beautiful. I love Alice Krieg as a Borg Queen, this Borg Queen is really scary. Yes. Yeah. She scares yes. the crap out of me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's 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 inherently mean. Whereas the Borg Queen in first contact was sexy, seductive, scary, yeah. Seductive. Yeah. But this one is like, oh, and and when it, it just the interaction with her and Alice. I've uh, uh, seen of her walking head. on her arm. Really in her just, head. Oh. Oh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. That had yeah. the Borg theme in it. That had Goldsmith's yeah. Borg theme The thing I will it. tell you about season three is that if you thought season two was more familiar, mm -hmm. season three is even more familiar. Fantastic. All right. Excited. Oh, can't wait. Lots of space, lots of outer space action. I just hope there's an F. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you know, I'm dying for that. My problem here is that how come these ships only last like six years? Right. I mean, <laughs> it's insane. 
It doesn't make yeah. any sense. I, there's even today. Yes, the B fifty two. Thank you. It's from the 1950s, and it's going to be serving into the year 2030. Mm-hmm. Yep. Military hardware can be refitted, refitted, refitted. Mm-hmm. When in the original series, when we came upon Kirk and Spock in the Menagerie, the Enterprise, this is 12 years ago, which suggests that there was another Captain April before that. By the time mm-hmm. we got to Kirk and Company, the Enterprise is probably like 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You know. That's the way it ought Great to be. Point. You can't just destroy a ship every week and just pull another one out like a piece, like a Kleenex. <laughs> well, even <laughs> in the, the show, they follow that. You have the Excelsior, which has been around forever. You have all of the yeah. uh, Reliant class. What's the, I can't think of the class of the ship, but they've been around for hundreds of yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and the D class ships should be around for a hundred years. Yes. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, so I. I get offended when we start getting all these ships w- with almost the same time frame, because mm-hmm. obviously Enterprise F is very close to the next generation yeah. era, which means that well, we blew up the D somewhere, the E somewhere along the line. <laughs> or the if the E comes back, I'd also be happy. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, I'm not a really yeah. the I like the the E's okay. I you know I'm not a giant fan of it. Um, I I love the D. Oh, I think yeah, the, D the D is, is really a you know. When Gene was doing the show, he, he they ended up with a ship and a Brit. I mean, honestly, the D bridge is one of the best bridges ever mm-hmm. designed. It's right. My top three bridges are the original series, the D, and now the Stargazer Bridge, mm-hmm. which is so gorgeous in person. You know, um, yes. I cried I, more I, in generations when they wrecked the D than Captain yep. Kirk dying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I cried at Captain Kirk dying too. I just. I think when they look up at the skylight, for me, that always hits. Or I don't know if it's the skylight. I don't know what you'd call it. But when Worf looks up and you yeah. see the. Yeah, well, it's always glass. presented as if it's a big window up there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't like the E-bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Frankenstein bridge. It was it was made out of, you know, he made him out of dead parts. You know, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the E-bridge was built at. Herman and John went down to the warehouse and they looked at, oh, there's a piece we could use. There's a piece. And they just clued it together. And for me, one of the things I love about the original series is that that captain's chair is like a throne. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about the D is that gorgeous rail that enfolds. Everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you get to the E-bridge and it's like, you can't even see the chair where the captain sits. It's like <laughs> just... It isn't emphasized at all. It's just floating in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And all of a sudden, all the special quality yeah. of it is yeah. gone. You know, um, the, the the Stargazer Bridge is freaking beautiful. Mm. I mean, it is. I love that the yes. captain's chair is up there like a throne. And, we know. are looking for Picard season three. Thank well, you. Well, season three, you know, we already know that like almost the entire cast is back. Uh, so excited. It's going to be another interesting finale for Next Generation. I mean, they had a great one in uh, All Good Things. It's one of yeah. the best mm-hmm. finales ever. But this one is going to, people are going to have a lot of fun with it, you know. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of ships. And um, huh, I'm looking forward. I'm really We're excited. Forward. We're excited and we have to wait how long? Until I don't know. I mean, it's all Forever. Shot. It's shot. <laughs> yeah, it's forever. Finished. Of course, we have yeah. Marvel coming up. Well, we we got to get through uh, Strange New Worlds. Let that go through, get run its cycle, and then who knows when afterwards. Well, you know, we're we're in this household. We are anxiously awaiting Lower Decks season three. It's where yeah. huge. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to yeah. that. I'm looking. 
of course I can't wait for season three Picard, but I'm also yeah. looking forward to season three Orville. I was on yeah. season three. Yes, sir, buddy. And uh, it's, you know, I mean, they're basically doing TNG era. The yep. whole feel of it is very TNG. Yep. Uh, and, and there's so much of it that is so influenced by Star Trek. But when I worked on the show and I was doing graphics on that one, I would do a graphic this big and I'd have a number up here and I'd get a note back from Seth MacFarlane saying, too much like Star Trek. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> not the uniforms and the badges and the, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> but you've got a guy who's the head of the show, Seth MacFarlane, who is a sci-fi science nerd and a Star Trek fan. He was on Enterprise yeah. and... And I, you know, and I see like he's re he's he's making his dream TV show that he always wanted to do when he was a kid. Yeah, I know that's true, but he isn't. But there's some of that. I, I agree with some of that. Okay. But for instance, he doesn't understand the significance of working out the details of the ship and how it functions. Mm -hmm. It's like, for instance. When I first got there and I started doing control consoles, I started fleshing out what things really did with diagrams and gave actual specific, just like we did on Star Trek. And I got shot mm -hmm. down on that. Mm. Yeah, that, he didn't want me tying anything down. Wow. Okay. I was not allowed to do that. It got to the point where they actually said, okay, no more words on the consoles. You're only allowed to use numbers. Oh, interesting. Do you know yeah. why? Yeah, because he doesn't want to tie anything down. Okay. Wants, I, I, I guess that because the thing is, once you go down that road, then if you ever are not consistent, you, you can, I, I guess I can see that. I listen, mm -hmm. we did it for how many years on Star Trek? What's the big problem? I mean, yeah. for instance, <laughs> yeah. when I first yeah. got there, they put monitors in the corridors, which mm -hmm. they didn't have in season one and two. And I did a bunch of graphics that actually would say, you know, B deck or something like that. And I, I had directories like you saw in Starfleet mm -hmm. Command and in uh, Wrath of Khan, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I started doing directories of where things were on the deck and stuff like that. They totally shot all of that down. Oh, man. They wow. they, and the beauty was that all of a sudden, and people were telling me, <laughs> you walk on the set and now it really felt like a place because mm -hmm. there were directories and, and they didn't want to deal with that. They didn't want to deal with that. <laughs> I did, I redesigned when I first watched Orville. Mm -hmm. And I watched the show. I was like, the back of the bridge looks like a favorite shoe store. <laughs> There's like nothing back there. It's just like carpeting on the wall. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I've been doing this stuff long enough where I know that, okay, the camera's either going to be looking at Seth MacFarlane or it's going to uh -huh. be looking this way. And you're only going to see the goodies when you're doing something on the side, like someone's at the mm -hmm. station. Mm-hmm. But 90% of the time, it's going to be pointed at him at the favorite yep. shoe store wall. Yep. Or the, or the big window in the front. Right. And I, I, I said, man, would I love to do something with that? You've got all this real estate you could do something cool with. Mm -hmm. And so when I got there, it was the first thing that Robert Strohmeyer and the production designer, uh, uh, Lineweaver, Stephen Lineweaver, the first thing they gave me, we're redesigning the back of the bridge. And so um, they did some designs that really were in nondescript. They didn't really say anything. Mm -hmm. And they kept getting shot down on it. And then finally, Stephen and Robert said, Doug, just do whatever you want. And let's see what it looks like. Okay. And I redesigned that whole arch in the back and put all kinds of stuff in there. And 
it looked stupendous. I was so excited. And now there's something interesting back there all the time. I couldn't believe that it was the first thing they gave me uh, because it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And because of you, I got to get Hulu now. You know that. Oh, oh, oh. And that's the reason why I brought that up because on the back, down near the floor, that big, I had in red letters on a panel, engineering access only. <laughs> and Seth McFarlane came in and said, take that off. Oh, oh my goodness. And I said, because Robert told me, and I said, but why? He says, because Seth says, well, what if we need someone to open that up who isn't engineering? And I'm thinking, well, that's why you have so-and-so say rules were made to be broken and open. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't wow, that's, that is not what I would have expected. That's interesting. That's really yeah, interesting. And, then, and here's another one. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's not Seth's fault, but we there's an episode which that takes place. I can't go into it, but there's a high school. And on the walls, they want to have high school style posters. And I had the year before I was on a TV show called Good Trouble about mm -hmm. two uh, uh, gals living in L.A., young girls. One works in a you know, law office. Another one is anyway, they had a scene in a high school. Oh, no, wait a second. It wasn't Good Trouble. It was High School Musical, the new series. Okay. Oh, yeah. I did a bunch of posters for the high school. You worked on High School Musical? The, the, the latest one. The okay. latest one. So fascinating. And I have to say, I watched some of the movies. I thought they were pretty damn good. Yeah. But um, it's not my kind of show. Mm -hmm. But not you're not going to be able to get a science fiction show. Although I've been right. really lucky. I've been right. almost everything I've done has been. But, you know, uh, they needed somebody. I needed work. And uh, I went on it and I had to do uh, posters for the walls of the high school. And I did, you know, maybe 40 different posters, you know, school spirit. And on the very bottom of one of them, in letters that high, it says, uh, funded by the Telosian Institute. <laughs> that high. Now, I wasn't trying... <laughs> So anyway, we had the scene that takes place in a school and I'm like, you know what? I got 30 posters that I did. Mm -hmm. It's a Disney show uh -huh. and we could use them. So I gave him the set dresser. She put them all over the place and we get a call from the set from Seth McFarlane. He saw Telosian Institute <laughs> this big on a poster. <laughs> like anyone's ever going to see that in a million years. And he calls a production designer and says, tell the sign guy no Star Trek jokes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I wasn't trying to put a Star Trek joke on Orville. It just came from High School Musical. Uh -huh. And after that, production designer and, and art director and everybody would call me the sign guy. The sign guy. Sign guy with an Academy Award, by the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I could not believe it. I could not believe yeah, that's it. Amazing. That big lettering, that you see how big that well, is. At least, yeah. at least he's consistent. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, is like what that. <laughs> he's, he's detail orientated. So. You know. Well, I think Doug, we have actually set a record for the <laughs> most, the longest podcast we've ever done, oh. and I know that Brian cannot cut out one second of it no to cut down for any time limit and and i know it's getting past well, the time doug that you allowed it to us 
So I guess is there if there's any more questions for Doug, uh, social security back. number, well, driver's license. No, we'll have you back anytime. Yeah, and, we, and well, there's we, a last question. There's a last question we asked. Oh yes, go ahead, now. Adina. You do yeah. have to ask your big question. Random question has nothing to do with anything other than olives. Yes or no? Olives. Do you, you like olives? them or not? You mean like you mean in Popeye? Oh, no, no. <laughs> not no. all of the person. All of the little green things or black things. You might put them in the drink. You might put them on a salad. Right. What yeah. do you want to know? Do you like them? Are they still in the 23rd century olives? <laughs> sure. Oh, They're in I my like 23rd them? century. Sure I like them. <laughs> who doesn't love olives? See, exactly. See, our this first is... guest who loves olives like me. Yay. Oh, I love olives. Come on. I like olives too. I was always being made fun of for being shocked by all the notes we've been getting. Hey. Have you guys seen, speaking of olives, have you guys seen, and I'm amazed at how many Star Trek fans have not seen this movie, mm -hmm. Free Enterprise? Yeah. No. You saw it? Yes. It. That, no. was a, that was a, wait, 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 before I jump. Yes, I, I have, like, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Yeah, Wasn't so. that like a documentary? No. No. It's about two guys, one guy's an editor, uh, uh, one guy, you know, uh, uh, is this writer and uh, uh, McCormick from uh, Will and Grace this. is in it. Um, huh. They live here in Los Angeles and one night they're at the Elliott Bookstore, which is around the corner from me, and William Shatner's there. And they end up making friends with him and he's their hero. And it's a lot like uh, there was a movie called My Favorite Year that had Peter O'Toole. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. This is My Favorite Year. But the but the Peter O'Toole character is William Shatner. Oh wow! Who is Captain Kirk? And these two guys are geeks who love Star Trek. <laughs> and if if you love Star Trek, uh, it's one of the best Star Trek movies ever made. Paramount doesn't want to talk about it because they didn't make it. They don't consider <laughs> it. And you've got to see. Free okay. okay. Now, All right. was, do you know who Mark Altman is? Mark Altman and, and uh, Robert Burnett. Yeah. I have seen like a million years ago. I've seen that. Like I'm looking at the the poster. This I've movie, seen this, but like story. I can't mm. completely remember There's it. Mark and yeah. Rob in the movie, and they Fair they're in real life. Do not miss Free Enterprise. It'll be okay. one of your favorite. We're gonna okay. One of your favorite then, Star Trek movies. All right. Um, so Doug, this has been a true pleasure, and I'm going to close. My closing statement is: Doug, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you allow us to interview you for the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Every time I see your name listed in the closing credits, it makes me smile. Smile because I know that person and that person has a face and a personality and is someone I greatly admire. Star Trek and other films and TV shows like the Orville would not be as great if it wasn't for the talented individuals who names appear in the closing credits. Babbles. <laughs> Stop I'm it. I'm kidding. Stop You're it. absolutely right. You could not be more right. <laughs> Words by a writer or actions by an actor could be a blank stage production without creative, the creativity and drive of you. So thank you again for allowing us your time. You've been a true hero of mine. Thank uh, you, Doug. Th thank you. And it's my pleasure. And I had a great time too. Awesome. You know, hey, thank one you. of the things that I have, always, one of the most amazing things about Star Trek is that I could go anywhere in the world and meet another person who loves Star Trek, and we could have an instant rapport, an instant conversation. And I have no mm -hmm. doubt that we could talk all day long. Mm -hmm. Yes, we could. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Trust me, we could. <laughs> this group could and go oh, for two sure. hours, three hours, whatever. That's the amazing thing about Star Trek. One of the most amazing things about Star Trek. Great mm-hmm. point. Uh, Brian, would you like to do the closing? What yeah, just thank, thanks again, sir. Mr. Drexler. And thank you all of our co-hosts here for the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. If you would like to learn more about the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, we do have a Facebook group. Just look up the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. You can join that group. We're a growing community that love to talk about all things sci-fi. And also you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. New episodes every week. We're wrapping up our season here, but we're going to have summer content and we're going to be recording all the while. And we've got more interviews coming and more fun stuff happening. So without further ado, it's time to sign up. Warp speed out of here. Let's take off, guys guys. Until next time. Ain't nobody gonna run the race for you. Nobody really cares if you win or lose. You better wake up now. You've got things to do. You'll be running around, maybe trying to find a little piece of love, a little piece of mind. But all you've really done is waste your time. And everyone is going to love the way that you do it You need to know what you want and then get to it